Hey everybody, uh, kind of cool having our two beautiful daughters home. Yeah, <laughs> that's always good, huh? I have other daughters here too. I got one named Ceci. I got, you know, it's it's amazing. So uh, I, my family's gotten exponentially bigger. Well, I have sons too. So we're just talking about daughters this morning, though. <laughs> We, uh, we love you all. We appreciate you all. Um, been thinking a lot about you know, what God's been doing, I think. Waking me up about 3 in the morning, something like that. Got to go grab my phone. Look at that. That just seems like that the word is coming. Something that I have to uh, pay attention to. It's like saying go to that. There's something I'm, I'm trying to show you. Very good stuff. We appreciate every one of you that's online, too. Uh, that's kind of neat. It's neat to see. I have another daughter, Nicole. She's on there. And then her mom is on there. Gosh. Got some more there, huh? Hey, Laura. You're on there. My brother Alan is on there. Um, I think he mentioned last week uh, that those tornadoes that were all in Oklahoma and everything, it missed him by 20 miles. So he said that was the closest it came to him, was 20 miles. He said that was bad enough, though. But a month and a half ago, him and his neighbors had to go into his, what do you call shelter? His shelter was made for two or three. There was six in there, five or six. His neighbors came over and said, can we, you know, so they all squeezed in there and he pulled the thing down. Now, remember, my brothers had a stroke moves with the left side only and I, I mean the left side is affected and he you know but he said y'all come on you know he's that type of person and they all had to go in there so that's pretty cool Alan uh, helpers one of another huh that's what we do um, we may not have that we have other stuff we have dust storms and floods don't we earthquakes that type of stuff everybody has something huh here's what I, I'll say to all of that God keeps us through everything that we need to, to go through, no matter what. Sometimes we, get, uh, we may get a little excited about things happening to us. We've we got to calm it down and say, Jesus is with me. I'm not alone. That's just the way it works. Uh, some of the things that have been going through our mind here is the stuff that you've heard some of the elders speak about, these mindsets. Have you been thinking about the mindsets? Have you been thinking about, you know, like... Uh, the Bible talks about the two areas that, that affect us. When I say areas, I'm thinking about realms, the realms. One is the celestial realm, isn't it? That's where God is, the angels, the hosts, miracles take place there. Jesus on the right hand of the Father, power, authority, everything from heaven, right? Um, and then the other realm is earthy, isn't it not? It's earthy. And what happens is that's the realm where you still have the mind of Adam who went into sin. You still have the mind of the flesh. You still have the mind of things that you want to do as compared to what God wants you to do. There's a will involved there, isn't there? All of that. So you think about this and people say, well, does the Bible really talk about those realms? Yes, it does. First Corinthians chapter 15. Isn't that where it's at? And you'll go there and you'll find that there's a celestial and there's an earthy. All it is is telling us there's a mindset of Adam who sinned and, and brought us all into sin with him. And Adam all 
died. Doesn't the scripture say that? Uh, we took on that sin. The other thing is you have to remember we have a world in us. We worry so much about the world outside of us and it does affect us if we allow it to, if we yield ourselves to things in the world, it causes us a lot of pain. That's why we, we don't want to yield to things of the world. There are distractions in the world, in, in this world that we live in. But the world inside of us is what guides all of that, okay? God put a world in our heart. Didn't he say that? I think it's Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3. He put a world in our heart. And, and it's very funny what it says after that, that a man wouldn't know the ending from the beginning. You know why? You're not going to know Jesus until you come out of that world and go into the world of God in the world of Christ. You're not going to. He's the beginning and the end. Do you realize that when he says he's the beginning and the end, that the very first verse in the Bible is talking about Jesus? In the beginning, God what? Created the heavens and the earth. Well, the beginning is Christ. The beginning is God in the Christ. Remember, it says that nothing that was made was made unless it was made through Jesus Christ. Everything went through him. He, he's the, the, the author of it all. So what we see, even in our world within and in the world outside of us, all of it was created by him. But the purpose of it was to teach us. It was to teach every one of us about what we want to allow ourselves to go into in mindset and what we want to avoid. Isn't that what it is? So don't we want the celestial? And you say, well, it's kind of hard to get into celestial. That's the mind of God. That's the mind of Christ. He says, it's not hard. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy. Oh, no, we tell God he's a liar. No, it's, oh, it's hard, Lord. It's just so hard trying to serve you. It's just so hard. To, no, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. What makes it hard then? It could be our perception of how things are, what we give ourselves to in distraction, what we give ourselves to in lust. Does that make it harder? It makes it harder when our mind is cluttered with so much and we can't put a, a time or a rest together to be able to think on the things of God. Does that make it harder? Uh-huh, it says the way of the transgressor is hard. Doesn't it say that? So what we have to do is come to a place where we say, I'm not a transgressor. I belong to Christ. My mindset is the mindset of God. And people say, well, you think you have the mind of God? Yes, if God gives it to me. God gives me his mind all the time. Psalms 40, verse 5. His thoughts are constantly coming into my mind. You think God's sitting back and saying, well, I think I'll toss him a bone here. I think I'll toss him a bone there. No. God says constantly. In fact, he said they, can, they are without number. You cannot number them all the things that God is giving us. His thoughts are to usward. In other words, God is God. He has everything, right? He's the creator of it all. So what does he dote on? What does he love? Us, his children. Just like a father with his daughters. He'll dote on them. A mother with her daughters. He'll dote on them, the children. You know why? Because he's the parent. We're part of the family of God, of whom all heaven and earth is named. It's all part of him. It belongs to him, always belonged to him, will always belong to him, and we're part of that. So we belong to him. You've been bought with a price, and ye are not your own. We think we own ourselves. We think oh, I'm making this decision. I'm doing this. Do you realize you're being ruled by spirits either way? 
Either you're going to follow it because it's of God or there's another spirit saying, yeah, come over here. Let's go do this. <laughs> Isn't it a spirit that comes to us and, tell, and suggests a powerful suggestion, a deception? Isn't that how, come on over here. This is going to be good for you. This is great. Your buddy told you this would be good over here, huh? Your buddy's a liar. That's that same buddy that walked into the house of God with you and worshiped with you. It was a, he called himself your friend. He's actually a frenemy, not a friend. What it is, it's a spirit that leads you, even in the house of God. Can people be wrong as they enter the house of God? Israel was. When they entered the house of God, didn't have the right thought, God was always telling them, look, <laughs> you're supposed to come into this temple clean. And since you didn't come in clean, go get a sacrifice and offer it now. Because you didn't come in here right. Isn't that what he had even back then? Well, now what's the sacrifice? you. So if you don't come in right, you have to go there and say, Lord, I repent. Help me. Help me to overcome. Help me to do the right thing. Help my walk to be in you and not on my own. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding. We think our understanding is the, the number one thing. We think, man, that's it. What we think is it. What we think is usually in hell. What we think is usually in death. Unless God has come into our heart and helped us to start thinking about the heavenly, the celestial. You remember those two places. People think that they have to do all of this. You know, you think about it. So, oh, this is all outside of us. People are building temples. They're building, they're sending missionaries overseas. There are thousands of people going to this edifice, going to this one ministry and all of that. God tells us it's not outward. It's inward. It's the inward walk. I think it's in Hebrews when it talks about it being the inward. So this is the inward thing that God is telling us. It's the inward walk with God. It's the body of Christ walking hand in hand with Christ. And if you're a member of that body, that's where your mind will go too. Here's the thing that's very tricky. Sometimes we will put things in our mind and we say, I want to know more about God. And, and I want to start seeking. I want to start changing things in my life. But what you do it by is by your what? Your own thought. You say, I'm going to do this. So the flesh guides you in making your changes. Have we all been through that? Have you ever had a change that was uh, put together by the flesh, but you thought you were just working on with God? So this is pretty cool. So uh, what happens is, is that God is always doing what with us? Encouraging us. How does he encourage us? Through the spirit and through his word. How does he encourage us? Through the gospel that's being preached. How does God constantly try to keep in relationship with us, in fellowship with us? Through his word, isn't it true? Truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son. Isn't that what it says? It's very powerful to have fellowship with the father and the son. He said in chapter 17 of John, I think it was, he says, hey, Father and I will come in and we'll sup with you. We'll take up our abode in you. We are one. Now you've come in with us. Now that makes you one too. So now all of us are one. Us, the Father, you see how he works? The Son and you. We're all one. And do you realize people say, somebody prayed for me to be here, to be here in the midst here, to know the truth. Guess who prayed for us? Jesus wasn't that the prayer that he prayed that all of those that they would talk to, witness to, all of those that would come in through their ministry, all of that. 
He said, I pray, Father, that you'll keep all of them, that you'll bless all. Did he pray for us? In his foreknowledge, he knew us all. Everybody sitting here, everybody that was in here. In his foreknowledge, he knew about you from the beginning. Here's the thing that Dan said something this morning. He said, you mean God thinks about little old me? Yeah, he does. He does. Does God think about me? I know he does. You know how I know? Because of the things he gives me, things he does for me. God thinks about me. I'm just one individual in that body. But that shows you that he said, not a hair of your head is going to fall and I'm not going to know about it. I know the numbers of hairs on your head. That must mean that he really concentrates on us. He used that as an example. Everything. God looks at us. He cares for us. Sometimes we we think we're alone in things. We're not alone. He cares enough for us to be there with us no matter what we go through. That's the key. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. You notice he said, be of good cheer. So in other words, in the tribulation, should you already be in good cheer because you know he's in there with you? (laughs) That's hard to do for us sometimes, isn't it? Our mind concentrates on the thing that's in front of us that's causing us the problem, the tribulation, and we forget about the Jesus that's also in front of us that's helping us with the tribulation. Wow. We don't see him for some reason. We're distracted by the thing that's troubling us. But let's get our mind and our eyes back on knowing that he is there in the midst where two or three get gathered together in my name. Isn't that true? So is that you and Jesus? <laughs> He's right there with you. Anointed. Always in you. 1 John 2.27 I abide in you as an anointing. Isn't that cool? So, the mindsets. We don't want to have the mindset of Adam. We don't want to have the mindset of the fleshly that sometimes takes us to think that we are serving God and we study and we do all the things and whatever and we think and whatever and we go and, and you know what we do? We, we put it in ourselves and say, yeah, I got this. I got this. I, I, I'm, I'm working my way toward God. But your flesh is still what's doing it. This is very important. So how do we know the difference? The fruit. If it's you still doing it, you won't bear any fruit because it's still coming from the flesh. Even though you say you're worshiping God. Good example is the Pharisees. Think about it. They said they worshiped God, right? That they knew God. They're the ones that were supposed to hold the services. They're the ones that ran the synagogues, did all that stuff. Where was their fruit? None. And when they did bear something, it was corrupt. Did they ever perform a miracle? No. So it shows you you can have all of that, have the knowledge of it, worship in that, and still not have God. This is very important for you to understand. So what's going to happen? You have to have the mindset of Christ, not the mindset of Adam. The mindset of the celestial, not the mindset of the earth. You see what I'm saying? So how do we get that mindset? Be faithful in all things. Listen to this word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Are you building your faith right now by hearing the gospel? Yes, and believing it. Dan talked a lot about love this morning, didn't he? If we love God, what is God going to do for us? Do you realize by loving God, he's going to expose the enemy? 
we think, oh, wait a minute, that, that can't be right. That's not how that works. Yes, it does. The more you love God, the more he exposes the enemy. Love him, he exposes the enemy. You know why? Because he's helping you to overcome it. He's helping you to define what it is, where it came from, the origin of it, and to overcome it, to understand it through wisdom and understanding that he gives you so that it has no more power over you and you don't fear it anymore. Now you understand it. Now you have the wisdom of it. Now you know he is out and God is in. So that's what God starts to do for you. That's what he does, the understanding of what these things are, the understanding of those spirits. Do you realize we are in a spiritual warfare? The warfare is not out here. It's not something that you see. It's inward in your heart. Didn't it say the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked? Who can know it? Wow, that's a pretty bad indictment of our heart, huh? Well, that's what happens when you get defiled. You let your world get defiled. But God said, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. So he came to take that away from us, give us the life that we need in there, and keep us from all of that turmoil and chaos of your mind. He's trying to give you peace. He's trying to walk in the midst of your sanctuary. That's the church. That's you. That's what he wants. He wants to put you on the throne in your sanctuary. He wants to put you on the seat and nothing else being there. Man of sin says he has it. Sitting on the throne as if he's God, right? God's going to take him off and throw him off of that thing and put you back on. The only way it's going to happen is if you believe God. You love God. And all these things that are deceitful, all of these things that seduce, God is going to bring them to you where you see them clearly. That sword, the word of God, discerning even the spirit, the thought that's working there. Didn't it say it would do that? Discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart? It's going to do that, huh? Then he gives you armor to fight against it. He's given you everything that you need according to his riches and glory. So do we want to share the glory of the Lord? Guess what you have to do? Veil that flesh. Get that flesh out of the way. <laughs> I love what Dan said. Make it an afterthought. Make your flesh an afterthought. That's not what's going to be dealing with you all the time. Make it an afterthought. Let your thought be in God. And when the flesh tries to jump up and put itself in the way, make it an afterthought. I've already dealt with you. What I want you to understand is that God is the number one thing in your life. What's the priority? That's one of my favorite words, the priority. Where's your priority? Is your priority in the spirit? Or is your priority in the things you have to take care of here? And I got to accomplish this and I got to do that. And I got to do this and I got to do that. That's all going to be taken care of. You're human right here now. That'll be taken care of. Either you're going to be successful in it or not. Either you're going to do it or you won't. That's done. It has nothing to do with your salvation. Not one thing, but we allow it to deal with our salvation. You know what we do? We bring that in and we concentrate on it so much it distracts us from the things of God and then we can't hear the word of salvation. See how that works? That's exactly what happens. No, know who you are and know what plane you're in. Know what thought you're in. We're not in Adam. We're not in the thought of Adam. We're not in the thought of the earthy. We're not in the thought of the lust. We're not in the thought of the flesh. We should be in the thought of the spirit. When he talked to the woman at that well, what did he say? God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the Father seeketh such to 
worship him. If you knew who it was that was asking you for water, you'd get, I could give you some water with the everlasting water, bubbling up in the everlasting life. Sir, give me of this water that I never thirst anymore. Our fathers told us about a Messiah that was coming. And he says, you're looking at him right now. I am he. I am that Messiah. Yeah, your fathers told you about him. Now the reality is here. What did Dan say this morning? Now we're here. The Jesus is now. Now we're in it. It's now. It's not past. It's not something to happen in the future. Jesus has joined himself to us now. And we have to believe that. I know I believe it. I'm believing it to the point where I can't rest thinking so much about the things of God. I'll sleep for a while, and then all of a sudden, God brings another thought. Got, got to search it out. Got to look at it. Because he's putting it on my, and then my thoughts start, and I start meditating on it. And then he starts showing me some more things, the ins and outs of it. And I say, oh, my God, I never thought about it that way before. So am I in communication with God, you think, maybe? Do you think maybe God's doing some things in all of us? When I preach to you, who do I preach to first? I'm going to keep telling you this. My world is what God wants me to conquer here through him. To bring it into subjection to him. To make it celestial and not earthy. That's what God wants. But if you want to partake of that, of the things that we say and the things that we believe, you're most welcome. Because it'll work for you too. Can you be a partaker of what God's doing in me? Can you be a partaker of what he's doing in Dan and in Gary and in Brian and in Keith and in Dave? Can you be a partaker of all of that? You know why? Because we're spiritual men. We've been ordained by God to deliver the gospel to you. And I, I know I'm going to do my will in that. When I say my will, God's will. My will is going to become his because I've been ordained to do that. Can't be ordained unless you have the will of God. <laughs> So my will is his will. My gospel. You ever hear Dan say, yeah, this gospel that I preach, my gospel, whatever. You know why? Because it is yours. Rick told me one time, he said, Kenny, he said, the things you hear me preach, that's your gospel too. And the things you preach, that's my gospel. You know why? Because it's the same word. It's the word of God that God's given us from this celestial very powerful, huh? So we have to come to the place where we don't play with this thing. Religion plays with it a lot. And they claim things are happening that aren't really happening. It's false. There's false teachers, false prophets, all of that. False shepherds, false pastors, in other words. False prophetesses, all of these things. False, false, false. It's time to get into the real. You may hear some things that we say that doesn't sound like what religion says. We've Some of us in here have been in religion. I know I was. My wife was. I think Jacob pretty much was. Anybody else stayed in religion growing up? Terry, you had a different religion. Where I, you grew up in that for a long time. You think about it, Gail. I don't know. What, what was a religious upbringing or did you? Did you or not? It stopped. Yeah. You see how that is? We all come from these backgrounds, don't we? Do you think that maybe they keep trying to rise up in you thoughts from time to time? Because it wasn't God. I'm just going to tell you. It wasn't, it wasn't Jacob. It wasn't God. Even your whole life, it was not God. 
Now God is showing you. Now this is me. Isn't it a great difference? Now you want to experience me. The real deal. I like that term. It's the real deal now. I like the real deal. All that phony stuff. Have you ever heard one of those car salesmen that's a liar trying to tell you things that, you know, we, we hate it, don't we, when they come and start lying to us? But what about the guy that has the real deal? I'm selling my vehicle, and I did this with it and that with it. It has a little problem here, no problem with that. Thank you for being honest. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're not a shuckster. You're not a liar. I love that. I love when people speak the truth. It's better to speak the truth than to lie. Because when you lie, then you have to say another lie to cover up the lie you said. And then you got to do another lie to cover up that lie. And then after a while, you have legion in you. <laughs> Isn't that right? Multiples. So why not tell the truth and have the one in you? I am the way, the truth, and the life. The one. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I love it. So the mindsets, here we go again, the mindsets, the mindsets. Mindset of Adam, I don't want it. Sons of God married the daughters of men. Who do you think those daughters were? They're the offspring of Adam, further on down the line. And these sons were fallen sons, weren't they? And they wanted to copy what their father did without actually following their father. So they said, we'll start something on our own. That's where religion started, guys. And we have 20,000 of them now in the world. And none of them worship God. None of them. There's only one that worships God. It's those that are like belief like this. We worship God. That he told the woman at the well, you worship, you know not what. <laughs> you worship, you know not. You don't even know what you worship. Paul had to say it again on Mars Hill. He said, I see you have idols set up for every God there is. But you put another one over here and said, here's to the unknown God in case you miss one because you don't know. Let me tell you who this God is. And he started preaching Jesus to him. I love that because he knew that was going to be the one that would take over all the others and knock down the others. And you know what? Some of those learned men believed him and some of them thought he was a fool, a babbler. But there were some that followed him off that hill and wanted to know more. Isn't that cool? Let's talk to people. Let's not be afraid to talk to people. Doors will open. As the doors will open, walk through. Don't get slowful. Continue. Follow up on it because you don't know if a soul is going to be involved in it. You don't know. How do you know you're not an instrument right now? What if I told you you're always an instrument? Ah, you are? Yeah, you're an instrument of God. Doesn't the scripture says he performs an operation by the operation of God? You're an instrument being used by God. And his operation works marvelously. The way it works is through the spirit. It works through love. This is what God wants us to understand. So yeah, we're on fire for God. We understand the zeal of the Lord of hosts has eaten me up. It's still eating me up. You know why? Because this temple has to be cleansed totally. Every merchandiser, every trafficker has to be put out. Tables have to be overturned. That's hearts. So tables have to be overturned, don't they? And then make it again a house of prayer. My father's house. That's who you are. And another place in Hebrews, it tells us we're of Jesus whose house we are. That's whose house we are. You don't belong to yourself. 
been bought with a price. Who owns us? Paul said, I'm a prisoner of Christ. Willingly. Ooh. Keep me in this prison. Let me be a prisoner of Christ. Because really, as a prisoner of Christ, you have all liberty and all freedom. Because you're in him. Does he have it? Then you have it. Are you his sons? Yes. Is he a son? Yes. See how it works? Wow. Beloved. Doesn't he call us that? Now are we the sons of God. Now we are. He didn't say, well, you're going to be. Maybe No. As God sees us, his prophecy has gone forth. We are that. The only thing that can stop that, only time prophecy fails is when you move away from it and separate yourself. But if God says it, then count on it. And don't move away from it. Don't take a step back into perdition. Move forward. Follow. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Don't ever turn back to the darkness. Don't put your hand to the plow and look back. Don't look back, wife of Lot. Don't look back. Don't look back. There's nothing for you back there. But if you do look back, you may become a pillar of salt. Wow. You don't want to do that. You want to be what God is telling you to be at this time in your life. You want to be that. You say, God's not telling me what he wants me to be. Yes, he is all the time. He's telling you what he wants you to be right now. And the right now, what, how does Brian put it? The here and now. The things that are happening with us in the here and now, mm-hmm. better be paying attention to it because God's not fooling around. Here we go again. It's the real deal. He's not fooling around. This, this is the salvation of your soul. This is what hangs in the balance, your soul. Isn't that powerful? All souls are mine. That's what hangs in the balance. I don't want to fail God in any way, shape, or form. I want to have the zeal. I want to do the due diligence toward God. I want to be diligent in following God. You know why? Because he was diligent in saving me. (laughs) So, thinking about my friend, getting closer and closer to being with what he's worked for all this time, to be with God and not have to come back here. That's the only thing that separates him is this life here right now. But my friend reached down and pulled me up out of a pit, a horrible pit, out of miry clay, and helped set me on a rock. And I've been on that rock ever since. But he had enough love for me to pull me out. And that'll always be my testimony. It was his first. When I first met him, oh, there you are. I pulled you up out of the pit. Never met him before in my life. Very powerful. Do you think prophecy is working in me? Do you think that prophecy has come forth? Most assuredly. Because somebody took the time to pull me up out of the pit. It's really Jesus, isn't it? It's his love that does it. But I tell you one thing, I'm not going to deny it. All I'm going to do is continue to work for the Lord. Continue to give counsel. Continue to talk and speak the things of God that God has given me. He's given me much. And he gave me much because I have to share much. That's, that's important, huh? 
Anybody got anything for me about anything I said today? Any comments, any things that you want to say? Go ahead, Seth. Put it in that mic. I like what you said earlier because um, usually when you're going through trials and tribulations and you're, you're, you're having trouble in your thoughts, so it's, it's uh, important not to focus on the problem but to focus on the solution. And the solution is what's being preached to us constantly, every day, all day. Like Rick has said, you have what you need. You have what you need. It is in you. It's an inward work. It's a work of God that God is doing, and he's constantly speaking to us, trying to give us his spirit, trying to give us the healings, trying to give us the uh, being overcomers, you know, in our thoughts. So... Um, when you get into trouble and trouble begins to come and the thoughts begin to go amuck and just run amuck in you, that's the opportunity to trust God. That's the opportunity to look at the solution, which mm -hmm. is Jesus, because Jesus is there. Like Rick said a long time ago, when you have great opposition and you start having all this trouble and you're wondering, why am I having all this trouble? It's because God is there. Stirring those waters, man. Stirring those waters, so. Stirring things up. He's agitating the adversary. <laughs> we don't think of it that way. You better start thinking about it that way. Because God, through his foreknowledge, is having that door open right then for you. You have to be aware of when he's opening the door. So he'll agitate for that door to be open. For you to do what? Walk through with him so you can overcome it. Kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. For the kingdom of God is within you. It's not what you see out here. It's the inward walk with God. 